Welcome everyone to Inspected Goals, the pod that tries to improve our FPL play through a more analytical approach. Um, I'm very tired from work, Sam. You're looking a picture of health as usual. Uh, how, was, <laughs> how was your game week, mate? How did you get on? Uh, yeah, not that well. It wasn't a disaster, which I thought it was going to be at one point. Um, it was like, it felt like with every set of games, it just went up and down completely. So the initial games were a disaster for me because I didn't know if Almiron or Trippier, but then it turned out that all my midfielders outscored Trippier and I was happy with that decision anyway I think even if that hadn't have happened um and then yeah I kind of well the reason I don't have Trippier is that I didn't have him because I wildcarded in 13 and there were other better alternatives I thought at that point so it cost me a lot to buy him back now so that really uh yeah hit me hard him getting that 12 points but I'm used to it <laughs> um and then yeah it, it then got better obviously with the Arsenal game because I've got Saka Martinelli they didn't get the clean sheet, but even those two was really helpful. And then it was the same the next day, which was the first fixture. Oh yeah, Chelsea, I didn't play Kepper, I played Edison instead. <clears throat> Obviously, some people got points from Mount. So again, my rank like, dropped more than I thought, and then suddenly it shot back up because of Rashford and Martial. Uh, and then the last game, Man City, was yeah better than I thought, because again, I only had Edison and Haaland. And yeah, I thought, yeah, that's where my rank could have absolutely plummeted because of Cancelo and KDB. Mm. Uh, Foden as well I guess but with those two not playing and De Bruyne doing nothing which uh, yeah we were fortunate about like he played really well didn't he he did um, yeah. it was actually okay so I got 84 points which which is fine it's like I think if I got four or five more points it would have been like a small green small green arrow so yeah not not, not too bad Some a couple of decisions I regret which I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about um, well what do you what, but, what do you regret yeah. what do you regret in the study? what's the instant um, thought yeah like Really simple one is starting Edison instead of Kepa. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's easy to say now because they've not got the clean sheet. But even before Chelsea played, like I didn't, it was very much like an autopilot decision. Like I, I brought Edison into my team, so obviously he starts. I didn't really take time to actually compare the points on like projected points on FPL review or to look at clean sheet odds and stuff. I just kind of assumed it's Man City. I'll just play him. Mm-hmm. Um, but either, you yeah, know, so it's easy to be annoyed about that. But it's. Even if I had gone with Kepa, it was a really close decision, and also City could have easily got the clean sheet. So, it, yeah, so that cost me a few points. One um, shot on target from Leeds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and that's happened so many times when I've owned Edison. That always seems to be the case. It's really mm. annoying. Um, so that's one of them, but it's not really a big deal because obviously they're both in my team. It's not a player that I own. Um, the other one is, yeah, obviously Mitrovic. But again, like before the game week started, I think with the information we had, I think not going with him was okay. And the fact Martial scored made it a bit better. But I don't know, I do wonder, again, it feels so hindsighted, but I do wonder whether we should take into account the fact that like Fulham have a history of doing that <laughs> with Mitrovic and other players of basically just lying about whether they're fit or not. So should we have like maybe anticipated that? Like I'd just, again, it's so easy to say no. I don't think so. So I don't think I don't think I regret that one. I think with the information we had, it, it was fine. You know, and he, you know, he, he could have not played at all, and then we'd be thinking, well, great, I had Martial instead, and he could play the next game and get booked. So that's okay. And then the the one that I, the I think the bad decision I nearly made, I nearly just went without Saka. Basically, it was Saka or Foden, and because of it, Foden's explosivity, explosiveness. Yeah, I really, really wanted him, but I just couldn't do it with my budget. I was about 0.3 short. So there I kind of made a decision 
that was bad in wanting Foden ahead of Saka, but I got away with it because I couldn't afford it. Well, um, you say it's, this, it, this game. It, yeah, exactly. It was bad for this game. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it could end up being different, but yeah. No, I, I mean, a lot, a lot of that's quite similar for, to me because I think our teams are shock quite similar yet again. They're the same. The starting 11's the same, mate, apart from you've got Trippier and I've got Dunk. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. And yeah, that was, that's it. Yeah. That was the difference in points. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it could have been, I mean, I'm not going to complain, 94 points is absolutely fine. Um Starting Edison over Kepper, same as you, really. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't really that. I mean, I did look at it and I saw review favoured Kepper, but it was so it was close, and I just thought. Um, I felt everyone was saying Leeds are definitely going to score uh, in that game. I felt like Man City were going to just destroy them, and I think that they pretty much did. So I felt like I got that kind of call right. But at the end of the day, yeah. they conceded from the one shot on target. I didn't want to have two, three on Chelsea. I thought a lot of people would have two or three Chelsea this week, and I just thought. Maybe I can be a slight bit difference against the crowd I'm competing against anyway. And thought, you know, if I can change one of my Chelsea to a City, it's maybe a slight difference because the teams are so similar. Um, that was my thought process there. But yeah, ultimately didn't get the results. So a bit gutted by that. But the rest of it, I'm, I'm very happy with. Aside from the Mitrovic thing, again, very similar to you. It's just, he was in my team 100%. Like, I knew so there was a decision made and there was. Um, but because I could set up with a decent bench and everything, I thought it wouldn't be a problem and I could probably carry him through. It was more just... I was thinking if he misses the game through injury, we then don't know if he's going to miss the next game. I wasn't so bothered about the yellow card. It was more that we just can't say for sure that he's even going to be fit. And I've done this in the past. I'm sure you have maybe picked a player with the promise that he's going to be okay soon. And then they just, it stretches on. And we've already seen, particularly in Mitrovic's case, he was struggling before the World Cup was, and he was getting patched up. He was hobbling all around the pitch, you know, struggling to make a few games. Clearly got sent to Serbia to, to sort of, they needed him and patched him up for the game. He looked okay in the World Cup, but it's, he's obviously not recovered. And they've said it's the same sort of injury, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still a worry. At the end of the day, you could, we could bring him in and he could get injured. I think straight away or whatever could happen. But he, he is so damn appealing for that fixture. But we'll talk about that in a bit, <laughs> a bit later. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So regret-wise, nothing particular. I mean, I didn't go with Foden in the end, like you. I was very much thinking about going with it. I mean, I just followed my own advice, basically. I just The first game back for Man City, I just wasn't sure about some of the players because they hadn't seen that many minutes. You know, the squad's so deep. You know, he, he there was just no guarantee on his starting. Um, I don't have it. We've discussed it many times. I don't have a problem with so Foden moving forward, particularly. I think that he's fine. I think it's getting worse by every game week that he doesn't play. It's hard to sort of make a case that he's not just the number one nailed-on guy, of course. But I think there's always factors behind it. Um, and... Yeah, obviously it's nice to. Do. I just went for the more secure option. Basically, it would have been Rashford that I've actually dropped instead of him. So, you know, seeing Rashford get fourteen points and then Foden not even start would have been extremely hard to take. So, yeah, that was um, that was quite lucky on my half. Yeah, I think with me it was more that I felt I got away with it because it was not necessarily as much to do with Foden, but to do with Saka. I think if I was going to go for Foden, the decision should have been you know going five in midfield, for example, mm. or maybe even instead of Rashford, even though he scored and got an assist. Like I think just going without the fact that I was considering going out without Saka was probably bad, <laughs> considering the fact that he is probably going to have a double and just how good he's yeah. been this season I'm, on penalties, fixtures. Like I shouldn't have considered going without him, so I'm glad I got away with that. I agree with that. I hate <laughs> to sound harsh to people and stuff, and like you should have picked this and all that stuff. But I think Saka was like a player that would never question. Like, and we can't just say yeah. because he scored this week he's now a good pick. We don't we don't do that here. Like and I know we're talking. Oh, I'm happy about this. I'm not happy about this. It will change next week. I just think Saka, regardless of whether he performed this week or not, he's just too good at that price. I just think he's too good at that price for everything he offers. The set pieces, the penalties, you know, one of the best teams with doubles fixtures. There's just 
it's very hard to make a case for me not to have Saka in your team, like mm. extremely hard. And that's why I was struggling so much personally with my selection is because I wasn't willing to let Saka go, but I really wanted Foden. So I was trying to force it in other areas for Martinelli, yeah. for Rashford. And these guys are just too good on the che- on the price right, with the fixtures, so it's so tough. But yeah, I, com- is- I compensated by getting Chalabar, uh, which, um, yeah, less said about that the better, I guess, because I've got a player that I was hoping might appear for doubles, but now I'm not sure he will even turn up. So I've very quickly gone from a, a point where we should with having 15 players and I talked about it the pod before you know be in a position where we've got those 15 starters we're comfortable we don't get any headaches gone from you know not having Mitrovic and wanting him and Martial having a booked in transfer essentially Chalaba yeah. maybe already is a transfer I need to make and then Reese James goes and picks up an injury so very quickly I've got three sort of problems in my team just after one week and it's <laughs> it's just, just a reminder that sometimes you know booking in those transfers or thinking you're being a little bit clever can just punish you so 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 quickly and cause you issues yeah I guess with um with yeah I guess this week you prioritize James uh, obviously if you decide to but it's quite an easy role actually then you've got a decision you've got one more week to see whether Shalaba plays or not and then that might influence you because like, if he plays the next one then he's played like I know nine out of the last ten you started, mm. and suddenly your whole viewpoint in it might be completely different. Whereas if he doesn't play the next one and you've got the same centre back partnership of Silver and Koulibaly both times in the back four, suddenly it looks a lot more um, mm. <laughs> negative. Uh, and those two guys are the superstars at the end of the day, aren't they? The ones they've spent the big money on, have got the big reputations. Koulibaly hasn't worked till now, but maybe with the break and everything, he just wants to try and see if it makes it work. He kind of. You would have thought there would be at least a little bit of pressure on them to try and get their star signing to work. That seems like it's been a vibe from Chelsea for a few years. I don't think that's um, particularly controversial. There was lots of talk about them trying to get Kepa to work in goal because they didn't want to spend all the money on him and then have to sell him at one point. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think there may be an element there, but you know Potter's a big enough man to take it on board. I think he would just take him out if he's not performing. So we'll have to wait and see mm. what goes on. What yeah. goes on there, but yeah, it's far too soon to make the make the choice because we discussed it last week, didn't we? There's going to be a few, there's be a few sort of quirks in the lineups. Just off, it's not just about players being, and you see it all over Twitter. You know, they thought, oh, why he's he's played this amount of games, or he's not been playing, so why is he unfit, and why is that not happening? It's all on an individual basis, and it's some of these players have not been. Uh, training to their top level for whatever reason. That could be at games, that could be tiredness after the games, it could be when they're back in the camp and they're not in their top level. We saw mm. you know, Pep Guardiola's comments about some of the guys who are away have come back in a better condition than the ones we've actually had here training. Then he mentions Phillips is, is out overweight and he can't come back. That's on an individual basis. Like, it's all over the place, isn't it? So I think as far as game week one goes and the, ro- the rotation I was expecting in general, it was probably about par what I thought. Man City maybe um, is a little bit of a surprise like that it was that it was that, but it was always a possibility. Um, and I suppose for me personally, it's only a few days now, especially for Man City, and some, before we play again. So there's no guarantee really, is there, that these players are just suddenly back again. You'd like to think that they're getting yeah. closer, but you don't know for sure that they're going to be back. So we could see some surprises again, couldn't we, I think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I actually posted the clip on Twitter today. Oh, by the way, if you just heard me make a load of noise and you're listening on the podcast, I realised my laptop was out of battery. <laughs> so I need to plug the charger in. So that was what that sound was. Um, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Uh, we're talking about Man City. Yeah, I posted the clip today of us chatting about it. And like, I think on the last podcast, I was quite hesitant to make predictions. And the reason was, it's just hard to know what each individual player is like. Mm. And um yeah, based on what we've seen, like the fact that they both played in the Carabao Cup game and then both played in the weekend, Stones and Ake are probably the example of, examples of two players where they've played lots of minutes 
in the World Cup batch, that's fine because it's maintained their uh, fitness levels and they're, and they're also playing in a position that's less demanding. Whereas Kinsella and Foden are surprised at because they played like they didn't play no minutes. They they both played like, like particularly Foden played a decent amount of minutes. So I'm surprised they didn't both come straight back in. But there might be another reason why you know they might not be fully up to match fitness yet because of that extra break, particularly Cancelo, and it's hard to know that in foresight. Like, now we can say it and we can learn from it. Yeah. And maybe that you take that into account in the future if a player's uh, been away for a while but not played. Like, if Cancelo gets called up on another international break and doesn't play, you know, plays 30 minutes in the three fixtures, suddenly we might think, oh, is he likely to be rested, Yeah, I think. etc. I, I don't think, know, I th- maybe. I think on Cancelo's one, it's quite interesting because there's a number of ways you could generate theories for yourself here, I think, on him in particular. Um, just before the World Cup, he wasn't at his best. He made a couple of errors, which he has been prone to in the past. And obviously we know with Pep, if you would anger him in some way, if you make a mistake, we have seen that he will react. Now, it's hard to expect that from a player who's been so good and offers so much going forward for the team for him suddenly to be dropped for any reason. But let's not forget, he has got some very good backup players. And we see now with Rico, 18, basically performing a similar mm. role when moving into midfield and performing so well. So, class, you, so you could argue there's some of that. You could argue, I think, given with Portugal, um, you know, he he had a bit of a falling out with the manager, didn't he? And it was quite public. He doesn't know my role, and then he didn't he didn't play for the last game. So, was there a similar thing going on reported, like in the England camp, where the players who weren't playing weren't training particularly hard, or maybe he just outright refused to train? We just, I, I don't know. You know, maybe that's that's rubbish. But it it could be that he's he's one of the players who's come back in in not a good enough condition. You know, he didn't play in the yeah. League Cup game either. So it could just be as simple as he's not in the right either headspace or fitness to start a game. But it also could be, you know, it could be tactical. So we have to bear that in mind, right? We can't just say for sure it will definitely happen. But I always think that, you, unfortunately, you kind of have to wait for this information, right? You can't just react off of one game week, I don't think. You need at least a two or three to make make your decision yeah. for you. If we start to see that there's a rotation pattern coming in with Cancelo, and that's what happened when he initially came to the league, then fair enough. But I, I think we're a long way from deciding that, yeah, with a player yeah. as good as him. On the I phone. think we're a long. Uh, sorry, go on. No, about to talk no, about no, no, so go no, ahead. Problem. No problem. Um, I was, yeah, I was going to say with Foden, even though he was rested for those or dropped, however you view it, for those three games in a row, in game weeks 13, 14, and fifteen, and then played sixteen. I think even for him, even though we have that information, I still don't think we really know because, again, it could have been tactical, but it could quite easily have been that he just wasn't ready physically to start yet. Yeah. And then this game, they decided to ease him in, and then he'll start the next six. Like, that could easily happen. Well, ultimately, he's one of the best young footballers in the world. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts the next five. No, um, he, he like, could that could quite easily happen. But we just don't know. So I think if you pick Foden, knowing he's a good player and they've got good fixtures and a double, just keep Foden. Like, I don't think there's any reason to um, overreact to it at all. Definitely not. I mean... Um... Yeah, there's always the fact that with Man City, if you're not quite up to the level that Pep expects, the person who's just in your shadow is probably just as good. That's how good their squad is. So that's always the fear. Um, But yeah, I mean, in hindsight, and I I mean, I I certainly considered this in my selection uh, picks that I do, you know, Grealish and Mahrez do hold the ball a lot better than Foden. That's been, you know, well Mm. reported by me all the time. And I I think that, you know, Pep often says about control and it makes sense against Leeds. It was just the fact that... um, you know, Foden has been the first choice pretty much apart from those three benchings, right? He played the last one before we went away for the World Cup and he was fantastic in that game. I was at the League Cup game. He was fantastic for the 20 minutes he came on. He was obviously very, very good for England as well. So, um, and Grealish, Grealish didn't play as much, right? So we, there was also that element of, well, Foden's probably in a, probably a bit of a fitter state as well, which factors mm-hmm. into that. And, and let's not forget Leeds are one of the fittest teams in the league. 
and he did make a lot of comments before that um that game that he wanted you know that was the worst opponent that he wanted to play the ones that are running around harassing you so yeah, yeah. Foden's energy levels are, are, are insane so that that goes into it but I, I think you've nailed it on the head there at the end of the day Foden will come back in at some way shape or form at some point I don't think there's any debate there you know whether Grealish, whether that's for Mares and Grealish stays on the left like we've been wanting most of the season that seems more likely at the moment but also yeah. um, Everton's a completely different game and it's always horses for courses right at home to Everton you know their counter level threat and turning the game into a basketball match and all that stuff is probably n- they're probably one of the worst teams in the league at that I would say they're, yeah 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 so I, I don't think Pep needs to worry in that area um, and given Foden's now had a reasonable rest it seems a pretty good bet to me that Foden will play that game and that's the thing with Foden right you might not you might get the one pointer there um, but then you might pick up the 15 or 16 pointer now against Everton it could quite easily happen yeah. because he's actually been playing almost as a shadow striker when he's been playing uh, recently with, with Haaland so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but like you say the information can't, he doesn't start that one again we have, we're still at the same place really aren't we we don't know if it's still a fitness thing or whether it is now a tactic and he's just dropped we probably have to have another game and it, it starts to stretch on before you can just make these jumping decisions I think which is annoying because we play a game where you have to make snap decisions all the time and um, you know you have to sometimes base it on, on whims I think and, and things like this which is not ideal so I, I prefer to just wait so I think overall if you wait more often than you react you, you usually come out up, up on it I think anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it links to um, well, there's a so we just stay at Man City as we're there. So there's a question in the chat about well, on above average FPL, um, the lads who do that podcast, they recorded theirs. I think last night or this morning. Mm. I listened to it this morning though. It's very good. Um, but they they both got De Bruyne. And they were talking about the fact that they think De Bruyne might be rested in the next one. But in my opinion, I just. I think I think De Bruyne will probably start, and I think I think there's a good chance he'll start as well. But I think even if you think there's like a, I don't know, thirty to forty percent chance that he's rested, it's really not worth that transfer because of how valuable transfers are right now because of doubles and how valuable they are in general. You could so easily take out De Bruyne and Alpha Seller, and De Bruyne starts and scores a hat trick. That could so easily happen, and I just think. Not just the risk of those points, but the value of the transfer itself. It's just not worth it at all. And if you've got De Bruyne, you bought him for a really good reason. Like he's a really good pick, really good player, really good fixtures, got doubles. Just stick with it, in my opinion. But I can understand how <laughs> not having Salah against Leicester is scary. Having watched Leicester play mm-hmm. as well this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's tricky. I think I think you keep him like you say. You've, you've picked him for a reason. You don't just react to the one game. Um, and the information was there that. He's likely to start Leeds, and the game was three days later anyway. I mean, maybe yeah. you could say there's new information because he got 90, but you know, De Bruyne doesn't often come off the pitch, to be honest, unless they are absolutely <clears throat> steamroller in the game. You know, that, that he'll stay on, so I think it was fairly safe to assume that his minutes were secure. But um, I, I see what they're getting at. At the end of the day, in games similar to this, um, where it's expected that Man City will have a hell of a lot of the ball camped in their half, and the opposite team offer little to no counter for it, he does like to go or at least look at the 4-4-2, similar to the Forest mm. game with Alvarez and against Copenhagen. And in those cases, he dropped De Bruyne both times. So I wouldn't... But there's no Alvarez to play then, I was there though. Well, exactly. I mean, you... yeah. Foden can play that role as well, right? So he could do Foden and Haaland as the 4-4-2. Um, Has, he done... Has he done that before, Luke? Yeah. He's not really, no. He hasn't. Okay. No, he's had Foden playing off the left, but then come closer to him. But he's never set up like it initially, mm. if you know what I mean. Or at least not dropped De Bruyne for that situation. 
seems um, unlikely. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. It, it, there's always a possibility with Pep, um, because of the, especially because of the way the tactics are. But I think I mean, De Bruyne looks very, very fit at the moment. He's all over the place. He's one of the players that was running nonstop, and he was on for 90 minutes as a reason. You know, he's clearly struggling in that area. Is it possible? Yes. Will I, do I think it will happen? Probably not. No. I mean, not enough to make the transfer. Definitely not. Um, I'd, I'd keep him for sure. Um, they've also yeah. got a, a run of sort of cup games and stuff coming up and league cups where I think it's more likely that we'd see a rest there if there is one to come at all. Um, we, we know, and we know he's fully match fit because he just, he just played 90 minutes of football. He wouldn't have played 90 minutes otherwise. And they went out early in the World Cup, so he's had a lot of rest. Yeah, he's still match fit. So everything like points towards him being in really good condition. Um, uh, and then I suppose moving on next, we had one of the, just to do the questions as we go as well. So we had a question from FPL Lions, particularly for you, Luke, as the extraordinaire of predicting Man City lineups. Who would the who would be the five his question was who would be the five players who have the most secure minutes over the next six weeks for Man City, but excluding, you know, players like Rodri, Edison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Well, I didn't even realise that was a question. So you put me on the spot, haven't you? Um, guys, I can see a load of questions in the chat. We'll get round to them because we are we are, we will work with them. It's a bit of a more sort of gung ho pod this week. Um, so we'll, we'll work through some defenders, midfielders, and stuff like that. And I can see a lot of those questions there apply to that. So we, we will get to them. Don't worry about it. Um, Man City. So what? Top five or six? Did you say for minutes? Oh, you asked for you asked for top five. But you've got no time to prepare it. <laughs> no. And I'm not allowed to pick Rodri and Edison. Boo. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, still Haaland. I still yeah. think I still think Haaland. I mean, no one's going to not pick him anyway, are they? If I said no or yes, so that's almost irrelevant. Um, but yeah, Haaland, uh, De Bruyne still easily would be would be in there. Defenders is a lot more tricky now, and I discussed it last week, just because they're they've got more of them, and there's so many of them, and now you can even add yeah. Lewis into the equation as well. So now we've not only got Walker, Lewis, who looks a real threat at right back. Stones, Akanji, you can all play right back. That's four players for one spot that can potentially play there. You know, that that's craziness. Um, so it's very hard to pick a defender. If I was to pick a defender out of them, I, I want to say Laporte. He missed this last game, but I think Laporte is still their number one centre-back when available. So I'm going to, if I have to, I'm going to have to pick a defender. So I'm going to mm. pick Laporte. Um, the only reason I've not picked Cancelo is because we've not seen him play a minute yet. As soon as I see him start a game, which might be the Everton game, he would also go into that list. I, I can't see a world where they leave Cancelo out consistently yet. Anyway, um, so how many is that? That's four already, right? I'll include Cancelo just behind Laporte for now. Okay. And then um, in midfield, I'll pick Foden. Um, I'll, I'll pick Foden because I think over the next few fixtures, when I was looking at it, arguably the Man United game and the Spurs game, those games both do offer the potential mm. for Man, Man City to get counted on heavily. So we've got a chance Foden wouldn't play those games for me on the basis of what we've been seeing recently, which is sad. But at the same time, he often does play the big games and he has performed in those games a lot. So I don't think it's just a given that he doesn't play in those games. So I'm going to take up... I'm still going to be brave because he's my boy and I'm going to say Foden is a part of that. And I think he will start to pick up more minutes. Um, yeah, you know, I reserve the right to completely change that next week and, and pick five other ones. But, you know, that's what Pep's all about, right? <laughs> he changes it all the time. Um, yeah, and and then you know, speaking of big games between game week ninety and twenty three, they've actually got one, two, three, four, five. Probably got yeah seven fixtures within those five game weeks. Of those seven, five of them are against you know the big six, or maybe a big seven now with yeah. Newcastle. But they've got Chelsea, then they've got United and Spurs in the same game week. Spurs another two weeks later, and then Arsenal in twenty three. So like, <laughs> if you think Foden plays the big games, they're the kind of ones he's going to play in. 
Yeah. I don't know Alvarez is back soon, but we don't know what condition he's going to come back soon. So I think there's also the also part, over. Yeah, probably, yeah. So I think also <laughs> part of it is the fact that Foden is really the only other player in the in the whole team that can play nine. Grealish has played it, but it didn't really work. So, you know, if Haaland is going to get minutes managed at the end of games for 20 minutes or anything like that, then Foden's almost the reserve striker. So it makes sense to not play them both at the same time and then see see an injury happen and then sort of be left with only one player that can potentially play that spot. So maybe maybe that's part of it in his thinking as well. I, I want to add, I mean, Grealish is, I've already picked my five, but Grealish has looked, he obviously was incredible last night. Was it so last good. Night? On Wednesday, yeah, it was Wednesday. So last night, so good in that game. Been playing really well before it. I can't see a world where he gets dropped anytime soon either. And that's the worry, isn't it? Because he plays in Foden's position. And most of the time, <laughs> the Foden's position that Pep certainly wants to play. So I think against Everton, it's most likely that, that Foden would actually play on the right um, and, and Grealish would play on the left. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that would be my punt at the moment anyway. So yeah, uh, the other one I've not mentioned at all is Akanji. He just keeps playing, but I don't want to say for sure yet because we have still haven't seen... I mean, that lineup had Akanji playing, and I did mention before, he can play in both the centre-back positions, and he did play in the left centre-back position, and Stones played in the right centre-back position. Now, um, you know, Laporte would normally play there for me. So now we've finally got a week where it's all set up, I would say, where it's an actually a straight fight between Stones and Akanji. So I think this week mm-hmm. it's quite likely that we get Walker at right back, we get Cancelo at left back, we get Laporte coming at centre back again, and then it's really a fight between Stones and Akanji who plays that centre back role. And I think if we see Akanji again over Stones in that situation, to me, he just keeps playing and Stones, he just doesn't trust to play multiple games in a row. So that would be a very clear indication that Akanji. You know, maybe I'm slow on the uptake, he just keeps playing and he's just going to continue to keep playing, which we have seen by Pep many times before in the past where he just has a centre-back that he will just keep going to for literally the whole season. We've had it, That man has been Diaz and it has been Laporte and it has been Otamendi in the past and, and now it, it could be that it's a Kanji. I mean, it baffles me that it is, but it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I guess as we're on defenders, should we just stick on uh, defenders in general where obviously... yeah. I can see a few questions in there already, but everyone's asking, like, Reese James' replacement. Um, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I th- it would have been really interesting to see James's ownership if he didn't have a double, um, and then another potential double. If we knew he just had single game weeks, it would been really different. Interesting, even though we knew we knew he was fit, fit enough to start, um, how many people would have thought, oh, it's not quite worth the money because with that... With with not with not having a double, whereas I think the fact that he did kind of made our decision for us. Mm-hmm. So it's not again, it's one that I don't look back at and regret um, at all. Like we know he's injury prone, um, but you expect they don't. You expect them not to rush a player back, and they probably they won't have done that. They'd have played him, expecting him to be able to play. In fact, Potter said after the game in his uh, in his press conference or in his post match interview, the plan was to play him was to play sixty minutes. I mean. From an FPL point of view, it could have been 59 or 61, which is a big difference for us. <laughs> but we knew that he was going to play about an hour. So they were, they were obviously easing him back. Mm. But yeah, as it is now, he's a, he's a, he's a definite sell because he's out for three to four weeks. I'm glad it's not longer than that for his sake because he's just had so much bad luck with injuries. Um, so yeah, are, are you thinking about replacing this week, Luke, or um, looking to roll the transfer and um, open up your options uh, the week after? Um, to be honest, my team is a bit... It's a bit harder than, than other people's, I guess, because when I look at how it's set up at the moment, I'd have Gabrielle at home to Brighton, which is, yeah. I'm sorry, away to Brighton, which 
is okay. You know, is is an away defender at the end of the day, and Brighton are a good side. But I'm I'm okay to play it. You know what I mean? It's not the best in the world, but I'll take it. Trippier at home to Leeds, that's absolutely fine. And my third defender currently would be Ch- uh, Chalaba away to Forest, but I don't know whether he starts. So if he doesn't play at all, or he came on, didn't he, as well before, so that could easily end up being a one-pointer if it's a similar situation. Um, yep. It would be Dunk at home to Arsenal is my only alternative. And I'm not overly enthralled by that because I've got triple Arsenal and I think Arsenal will probably score. So it probably makes sense for me to replace James this week because I think I'll get the gains this week as well as moving forward. Waiting probably is not the, not the play for me, I would say. I'm not sure what waiting really would get me aside from the fact that it would have two transfers, which is obviously great. Um, I don't think there's any more information due to come out fixture-wise in the next week at least, not from what I've seen. So... Mm-hmm. It probably makes sense for me to make my gains. Now, if for some reason it's suggested that Shalaba's going to start, then I would I just not make the transfer. I'd just play him, obviously. Um, but I don't think I'll get that information, do you? So um, it probably makes sense for me to pick a defender. So, yeah, I know we're moving on to defenders, and it's, it, yeah, it's the thing that appeals to me. It's annoying to me because I want to get Mitrovic from Martial as well. But I think that can probably wait. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd, love, I'd prefer to have Mitrovic home to Southampton than the Martial away to Wolves, particularly when his minutes were managed. Martial weren't they quite clearly, the manager said, and I would expect it would probably be a similar situation. Might see like 70 this time or something, but I imagine he probably comes off in that game. Yeah, but I think there's a positive to that as well, in that we know he, there's a very, very good chance that Martial's going to start. I think if he, he literally played, said he'll start, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If after, he played, the, after the game, he said, I took him off to start him against Wolves, basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically what he said, yeah. So... In some ways, that's a positive in that you know there's a mm. Martial's going to start baseball, 99% sure. So I'd view that as more of a positive way that you know you're hopefully going to get at least 60 minutes out of Martial. And also, it's the yellow card thing for Mitrovic, means it can wait. Like, he could... I think a lot of people will buy Mitrovic this week. If you, if you buy him this week and he suddenly gets booked and misses the next game, that's massive. I know Because in the double game week, I think he's got Leicester first and then Chelsea, is that right? Yeah,我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们，我们
And I'm just, okay. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to have him. I, I wouldn't care. I don't really know what other options I'd want in that cheap striker spot. The way it's set up, I don't think there's too many, unless you can tell me any others that you that you go to instead. It's, it's more that I think it's more. I think if if you buy Mitrovic and then he gets booked this week, I think it's more disastrous than you think it is. Just just because, firstly, Martial, although he's not as good an option this week, he's still a good option. But secondly, if he gets booked, it's not just the fact that he misses the Leicester game. Mm. It's then you'll miss. It's kind of the captaincy captaincy thing as well, because for that double, Mitrovic is probably the best captain with Mount, in my opinion, um, or like Sterling or someone like that who plays someone else who plays twice. So if you don't, if you buy Mitrovic this week, uh, and then the following week you've not got a captain option, or you only get you're only able to you can't afford Mount, for example, that then becomes a problem because you've not got a good captain. Whereas if you wait a week and then Mitrovic gets booked, you then know, right, I'm going to use my free transfer this week to buy Mount instead of Mitrovic or another viable captain. So I think it could have a really big big knock-on effect. And because the downside is just that for one week you have Marty Allen instead of Mitrovic, I don't think that downside's big enough for the potential huge downside of then having Mitrovic just for Chelsea and potentially missing out on having a, a better captain or an extra fixture of just not being able to buy another... Uh, player for the double basically okay that's that's fair enough it's good points but i think what F- I, I looked at fpl review right so we, we tend to try and look for like a, a decent horizon and i know this can ver- this can change massively because we're going to get onto it about the doubles and stuff we just don't know if, which ones are going to get put in and which ones aren't really we've got an idea but we don't we don't know for sure so the horizon based on on review at the moment for eight game weeks um it's got mitrovic as the as the fifth higher so it's got harland at the top kane second darwin third it's actually got inketia fourth and then Mitrovic fifth over this period if you were to reduce his minutes uh, his points potential which is 7.1 in game week 19 and just bring that right down he still would be in fifth place me one two three four five he's uh, the next person behind him is actually quite a big drop which is Martial with 32 points I think the vast majority of that is made up in the in the most recent games if he does get a, a double game week in 20 and he can play and in 22 and stuff then yes he could end up being a really good pick then you start to drop down to Wilson, who we don't even know he's going to play this week again, and he's at 30 points compared to Mitrovic's 36 points. So my thing is, if I lose one game out of it, is it worth a transfer to even bring any of the other strikers? I think if you're set up like a 3-5-2 or something, that's a different matter. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah but for Mitrovic, to, to just not have him, um, or, or to, yeah, it, it just, I don't know, I can't really see any alternatives. Like, there's players like Havertz, there's Wilson, there's Solanke, there are other options, but... I still think Mitrovic would be above them if he lost just that one game personally over an eight-week horizon. But I, I get what you're yeah. saying for that particular yeah. week. It, you know, it's not ideal straight off the bat, but it's kind of like a problem. Hopefully, just fixed for the long term, and I don't have to focus on that area. But I guess we'll see. But the, I guess the thing is as well as in if you don't do it uh, in 18, and then you don't do it again in 19 because you're prioritising a player who doubles. If Mitrovic gets booked, this is mm. then in 20, Martial's got Man City. So if Martial doesn't double, then it's a really easy switch. It is, yeah. Rich, I guess. Even well, though he's got Newcastle, like you said, the fixtures are tough. You still get the benefit of the most of those eight weeks that you're looking at the projection of. You're just missing out two of them. So I still think it's fine. It's absolutely fine just to, to delay it until then. But then also, I don't know, it's easy. It's all well and good me saying that. Maybe by that point, you then get tempted by another double game week player and you delay it again. I don't know. But yeah, I just don't think it's worth... I, I think you'll be absolutely good if you buy him and then he gets booked, but... Yeah, oh, I wouldn't be guided, but it wouldn't be ideal. There's no, there's no two ways about it. But I suppose that's the thing. You, you know, you nailed it there. there. There might be some doubles that float in that 
um, either we weren't expected or suddenly raise one of their assets quite considerably in that week. You know, it could be any striker randomly. I think Palace may even have a double, for example. And yeah, I wouldn't go there at the moment because he's not playing. But someone like Edouard could suddenly be, you know, a, a reason. There could be a reason to have him. Zaha might become an injury or whatever. Mm. There, there could be a, a spot there. Um, that was our section on defenders. Let's move on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to defenders. Right, Reese James. Yeah. Obviously, everyone, nearly everyone has got him, and they need to replace him. I'm probably one of those people. You're you're one of those people. Who are your top picks? I've looked on review, so you're under you're under scrutiny, my friend, if you don't give the top answer. So, who are you who are you looking at? Um, good question. Um, so, this is assuming it's tricky for me to think about it because I've already got a couple of players that I think I'd prioritise. I think if you've not got an Arsenal defender, that's definitely one I prioritise. And I'd go Gabriel over White if you can afford it. But again, I'd look in advance at what you want to do in 20 for the doubles or in 19 for the doubles before you make that decision. So Gabriel and White are both good options. Uh, I think you can just go straight to another Chelsea defender, in which case uh, Cucurella, I think, is the best option. Um, I think I looked at some of the quotes from Potter and it's still based on what he said. So he, they, they had a um, camp, I think, in Dubai or somewhere abroad, and he went with the team, but he didn't take part in any team training. He's still not trained with the whole team. So I still think it's a quite a while till Chilwell's back, probably like a month or so, maybe three or four weeks. So I still think Kukurela's absolutely fine for now. And also for that period where Kukurela was getting dropped from chatting to um, Dan, I think it's called Statman Dan, no, FPL Stats Dan on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that during that period... Um, <clears throat> I think Kukrela potentially had some like health problems or uh, there were a few like, other reasons why he wasn't playing. So it seems like he's pretty nailed to me. I think it was a bit of a one-off, uh, the fact he didn't play a few games in a row at that time. Um, Aspilicueta's also an option, just because he's the only, basically the only available right back now. But we know that in the past, they've played like Loftus-Cheek there or Sterling at right wing back. Um, and also just with Aspilicueta's age, I think that's a bit more of a, uh, a risk. Um, so I think Cucurella if I was going to go for Chelsea but then also uh, Dunk's an option I've not really thought about him a lot because he's already in my team but I think Dunk or Stupian from Brighton are, are both options as well um, just because we know there's a very good chance that they're going to double um, let's have a quick look um, they've basically got two potential double game week fixtures and so it seems extremely likely that there's sorry, both within the same game week so two extra ones within the same game game week. So it seems like there's, there's going to be an extra double, an, an extra fixture there, and whichever whichever team it is, um, it, it's going to be a good fixture. So it's, they've already got Bournemouth, I think. Uh, sorry, they've already got. Um, I think they've got, well, yeah, Leicester that week already, and they're all going to also play Bournemouth or Palace. So a um, a Brighton defender is another option as well. Uh, I'd re- I'd re- like Botman again is really good, but I just would prior. I would like prioritize. This is assuming people have got Trippier already. I would just prioritize a player who potentially has a double at this point and think about like a Newcastle defender later on. I just think people undervalue having that extra fixture, uh, and then look, that's why I hadn't really considered Luke Shaw until about <laughs> half an hour ago when you mentioned to me that Ben Crellin had tweeted about the fact that Man United might now double in twenty. And we already knew that they might possibly double in another, in another game week as well. Was it 22? Um, yeah, in 22 they could do, yeah. Yeah, so that, that suddenly makes sure an option, actually. So I need to look into what Ben's saying there and, and how likely that is also. Um, so based on those ramblings, I think Luke Shaw and Cucurella are the two that I'm currently considering. And I'm in the same situation as you where I'm going to do it this game week because uh, my option is to play... Yeah, it's either I play Dunk 
<laughs> against Arsenal, which I don't want to do, uh, or I make the transfer now. And um, for me, it makes sense for me to go to to Cucurella or to Shaw, for example, rather than just straight to Trippier, because Trippier then prices me out of getting Mitrovic back, unless I did Darwin for Mitrovic, which I don't want to do. And again, I want to prioritise players with doubles. So it would be Cucurella or Shaw, I think. Yeah, I think Luke Shaw's looking a lot more appealing. It's, um, I mean, it has to be said that he did play at centre-back, um, although he did fine in the game. We have to remember the strength of the opponent. I don't think, I mean, that could easily get exposed very quickly. Um, will that continue at centre-back? No, because they've got players coming back, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, would, I wouldn't have thought that's a that's a permanent fixture by any means. Um, you know, Dallow, let's not forget, if he was actually back fit, was also be a, a decent option. He was obviously fantastic for bonus. Um, He's not mentioned anything about him, is he, in his no, press conferences at yeah. all recently? It's a bit concerning. Um, I do have, I'm, I'm going to raise a point, though, In you mentioned about the doubles and stuff. And I think certainly if you were playing in the, in the perfect world where you have all the transfers available that you would like every single week and you don't have any problems moving for a double game week player and then moving off with a double game week player, it all makes sense. Um, but then really it's kind of I just want to make the point of using your transfers in defenders on sort of these mid-price defenders and stuff and kind of having to book that in because if you go for Cucurella I'm assuming that you'll probably want to remove him um, relatively soon after those double game weeks because I don't think I mean his, his review points are horrific after that um, you know the minutes up thing we've seen isn't particularly secure even when Chilwell has been out in the past at least and I know you said that could be due to, to other reasons but um, it's at least a factor with Potter that that he rotates his players, we know that, right? And he doesn't seem to offer much of an attacking threat. So I don't think he's a fantastic option beyond the fixtures and the double. So you're almost buying him by now booking another transfer as well. So, you know, like similar to what I mentioned with Mitrovic, if you if you go by review and you look at the next eight weeks horizon, you look for who's likely to get the most points. Cucurella's not anywhere near. He's like 20th overall over the next eight weeks. And this is bearing in mind he's got a guaranteed double in there where the other guys haven't even got that factored in mm. who, who, could, who could jump. So it does seem an obvious one to go James to just a Chelsea defender, but I wonder if that's just a little bit short-sighted. Um, it's, it's, it's strange. I don't know. Uh, review just rebates him so lowly on here compared to others. He's still good for points per million. That has to be said. He's still pretty high over yeah. eight weeks. But if you're looking at that longer period, I think there's a few other names, and I've seen some mentioned in the chat, You know, the Newcastle defenders. You mentioned Estupin and Shaw we've mentioned. But then going up to the level, Robertson's really highly rated. Gabriel, you touched on. There are there are other picks. There's one that I also don't see in it. I had half thought about it. It's Perisic. I mean, he has got a double. Yep. And I know you don't like him because we've been there before already. <laughs> but he's come straight yeah. back from the World Cup and straight back in and playing again. And I don't know what the situation with Sassanoy is. I, th- I believe he's still injured. I might be wrong there. Um, so suddenly Perisic yep. feels like a cheeky a cheeky potential pick. It's hard to sell because I think Spurs have been largely dreadful for quite a recent, quite a long period. I think they're conceding goals all over the place, but he has got a double, and we know he we all know he has potential. That's why we you know flirted with or went there um, in the beginning of the, the beginning of the season. So he's like a quirky pick. I see no one pick home to Aston Villa, you know, away to Crystal Palace. I think the the, dis, the distance between their games is actually like relatively okay compared to a lot of yep. teams. It's home to Arsenal away to Man City. That's obviously a horrendous double, but if you get four mm. points out of it... No. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because the, um, Excuse me. Alex Micah, who's in the chat, is saying that... Um, um, let me just find the comment. Uh, he says, I think people overthink a double, especially for a team like Brighton, who have won clean sheet since game week four, and it was versus Forest. Um, I think that... The, my, see, I actually think the opposite. I think people undervalue doubles, and it's just the yeah. fact that 
is firstly if, if it's a player who's nailed which some of the players we're discussing aren't but if you can feel very confident they're going to get four points that's huge and then even if they've got two chances at a clean sheet and both of them are like a 30% chance suddenly their chances of a clean sheet might be for that game week might be higher than Man City's defenders who just play once so it's suddenly they become like a so much of a better asset for that game week, even if the two fixtures are bad, just as there's always a chance they'll get one. And even if they don't, you know, four points is still, like, could be absolutely fine for them uh, also. Um, but yeah, even six points within another two is, like, the chances of that are suddenly so much higher, just from, obviously, just from playing twice. So, I, yeah, what you're saying is important. I think I'm probably, maybe I'm being too eager towards the doubles and I should just... I think, I think, <laughs> I think if I've you got... were to go, if you were to say, OK, I'm going to get Kukurea, I'm going to play the doubles, and then I'm going to look at which Man City defender I want around that price and switch to it for their doubles, it kind of makes sense, right? It seems like a, a, a good move, and I think that is a good move. But for someone like me, who's got the Martial Mitrovic already booked in, you know, I've got Chalaba, who's potentially an issue as well. If I suddenly start making defender switches that I know I'm probably going to want to take out, I'm probably just speaking from my own point of view. I pro- I kind of want to focus on a defender. I'm happy to keep a little bit longer term, and you know, th- there's not too many options there. I think that fit that category that I'm particularly happy with. But if Shaw's got these few good games, he has then got this double which covers for the terrible Man City game. After that, he has got a good fixture in 22 as well. I think home to Palace really he is, and is on review. He's actually rated higher than Kukurea, so he's rated as 23.8. They've got him down for points, which is just half a point higher than Kukurea over the same period and that's without any double factored in at all yeah So and you might, if... you might end up then keeping him long term instead of correct for example for example Dunk after his doubles he might be the player you get rid of yeah, yeah. whereas if you've got Kukurela you might then suddenly you want to get rid of Dunk and Kukurela I... yeah I completely get that yeah yeah so, that, so the other guys you've mentioned are, I've already got you know the Dunks the Gabriels the ones that are around the price range that I, I could move to I've already got mm. on my team so, yeah, being the review slave I am now, I go here and I look, who should I get? Um, it basically tells me get Shaw or a Newcastle defender now. So that's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah, because this is maybe what I should just do. Because I, so, <laughs> I don't have Trippier. Uh, I've got Botman in defence. I've not got Trippier. The reason I don't is I didn't have him before game week. Well, I had him for most of the season, but I didn't have him from game week 13 to 16 because I wildcarded. And at that time, well, Gabriel kept up with him. So having him instead was a really nice differential. Um, Newcastle's fixtures were bad, but <laughs> Trippier did really well still and killed me. Um, so I couldn't just, the price to buy him back was massive this time. And that saving and getting Botman instead allowed me to have you know, Saka, for example, or um, have Darwin, for example. But I've got the exact money. I can just do James to Trippier. So maybe I should just do that. Well, maybe I should just do that. But then I look at the big picture and then suddenly I can't afford Marty Altamitrovic next game week or to get Melton if I need to do that instead. So I think in terms of what it allows me to do, I think it just restricts me too much and I'm better to just get someone who's cheaper for now and then get trivia back in a few weeks. So it's just so... T- I guess the point I'm trying to make there is it's really team-dependent as well. Even though we've all just wild-guarded, we're still all in very different positions. Yeah, but there's also the chance that... Um, yeah, I, I do it like you. I think, well, what can I do in three weeks? Because that's a part of the sky, right? Everyone's got fixed prices, so I'm ever I'm ever hooked on who I'm going to be getting in four weeks' time and exactly mm. the price. And FPL is quite difficult to do because the price changes... But I would suggest that something will probably come up that will allow you to make that move. Like that normally happens. You know, Darwin suddenly gets injured or something. We've got Gakpo signing. We don't know what yeah. the impact of that will make um, straight away. Maybe maybe Nunes becomes a problem off of the back of it. I don't think that's going to be the case, but you never know, right? There's, there's all sorts of situations that may reveal themselves that will allow you to make that move, I think, probably. But, yeah, um, someone was mentioning in the chat here about Castagna being a good option. Mm. Um, I understand what they're saying. They have got some really nice fixtures, Alex. 
I, I was looking at that myself. Um, but I go to review and again, I look at the eight weeks and I'm scrolling down, <laughs> I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down. I can't see the bloke. Um, here I found him, 17.8 points he's rejected to score um, over the next uh, eight weeks, which is um, a far away from the likes of, you know, Gabriel's at 34.1, for example. So it's pretty much half. That's, a, that's too much for me to take. Uh, you know, I know we're not review slaves and he could be a good option, but for me, that's, you know, Gabriel's only 5.2, I think it is, and Castagna's 4.7. So for 0.5, I can double the point potential according to review. Um, you know, that's why I just wouldn't get him. <laughs> that's what my life's become now, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah, and the reason for that is, well, their fixtures are really good, but if you go to the, let's have a look, the Premier League table, um, sort by XG conceded, and they're the sixth worst team in terms of expected goals conceded, Actually, even though they got a lot of quite, they got a lot of clean sheets, didn't they? Before the World Cup, a lot of those were actually really well. A lot of them were to do with Ward making really good saves, and also a bit of luck with bad finishing against them. Um, so they've been quite fortunate with having the, those clean sheets recently. And Castagna got a lot of those, didn't he? He did. So I'd say that that can blind us as well. And I guess that's why the reason he's not high on review is to do with more of that underlying data. Yeah, it makes um, a good point that they they rotate well with the players like Shaw and White. No, that's a fair fair point because he has yeah, got yeah. he has got three point one uh, in nineteen and twenty uh, in particular, two point seven, two point four in the fixtures after that. So if it works out for as part of a rotating two or three, I don't have a problem with it at all. If you've done the research and it looks like it works well with that situation, then happy days, not an issue for me given the price. But I, yeah. I always want. I mean, I wanted to pick Castagna at one point during the season, and I wasn't a hundred percent he was nailed because they had um, decent options in those areas. But the injuries just keep happening to them, and he just keeps playing, doesn't he? So I don't think there's any issues there anymore, um, mm. if there even was any to begin with. Um, so yeah. yeah, one one name. Then I've had to push you. Yours will be Kukure at the moment, possibly sure. Is that is that the opinion of um, you? I think I think right now I'd probably be sure, just based on what you've said there. I think I'm focusing too much on the short term, and even if even if Chilwell comes back in like four weeks. Like suddenly, then I need to I need to sell Cucurella all of a sudden because he's suddenly not first choice. You'd assume. So I think yeah, looking long term, the fact that United might now have an an extra double game week, I'm wondering if actually Shaw's my best option. Um, but I will think through whether I just go straight to Trippier and just I just I don't think I can bring myself to do it because I just need to have Mitrovic for that double. I don't want to do Darwin to Mitrovic. Home to, are they home to Leicester this week? That smells like Trippier. Who's Trippier. that, sorry? Trippier. Smells like Trippier points again, doesn't it? Uh, Le- uh, Leeds, yeah. They've got oh, Leeds. Leeds, is it? Sorry, yeah. Smells like points again, my friend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, I've got Botman playing, so at least I'll get the same clean sheet points as most people. Yeah. But yeah, you could, you could quite easily get an attack in return. I'm well aware of that. Or get subbed off yeah. the last 20 and pick up a rogue clean sheet. He's got some sort of mastery talent for that. Yeah, he does um, love that. I don't think we've, there's not much point touching on midfielders for too long. I don't think people have got many dilemmas there. It feels like every midfielder performed. Every midfielder is quite obvious as who could be. You did touch on the whole De Bruyne to Salah thing. You wouldn't do that. I, I agree. I wouldn't do that either now. I think I'd, I'd at least see it out if I decided to go that way. Um, you know, Saka, I think, would be a priority for me for, for most teams. It's not. You know, Brighton's not I wouldn't say necessarily the best fixture, but I just we've been through it. I think he's he's right at the top of review again. Well just just under Salah actually. The Salah's the only one who beats him. You know, there's doubles that are probably coming. He'd be my top priority if I could get there. If I've got Foden, we wouldn't panic. Is there anything else really you wanted to add on midfielders? I think I suppose the same for Trossard, he's probably the only other midfielder that's quite popular that actually seemed to blank. Uh I don't think he'd be Yeah, like I would I would I would just stick with Trossard, yeah. 
Um, I didn't I didn't watch that game, so I can't comment on how well Trossard played um, at all. But again, it's just one game, and he's 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 I think he's a really good option. Yeah, particularly for the doubles, I think a lot of people will be trying to get Trossard soon for their double. I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a thing at all. Particularly because a lot of people this week might end up getting Dunk, for example, or some a lot of people already have a Brighton defender, but mainly Dunk with that uh, in mind. So when they get to Brighton, having suddenly having a double, or if it becomes a triple, which I've heard is a possibility, even though extremely unlikely, suddenly everyone will want him. So you, you'll be getting rid of a player that you will just want, is likely you'll want to have back soon. So I think it's absolutely fine to stick with Trossard because the likelihood is that you've got him instead of Rashford or Martinelli. And I think, you know, five or six game weeks time could easily get close to them with this double um, also. Yeah, I agree with that. Odegaard makes an appearance here again. He was fantastic the other night. Still a yeah. still a great great pick at that price. I think review. It just doesn't miss, did it? He was he kept appearing Odegaard for a whole season, and people were very skeptical as to why he was there. He wasn't really performing, but it suddenly come roaring in. Um, and it seems to, it seems no signs of slowing up. The guy's just incredible. I mean, at that price, six point four. I talked about it. If you've got rid of Martinelli, like some people have. And then you're fearing, you know, the fact that Arsenal are so good and you want to go back somewhere. Suddenly Martinelli's 6.8 and Odegaard's right there at 6.4. I think that's probably where you go now. I don't think you go back to Martinelli. you probably go to him. Um, you reckon? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you called that last week. Um, well, I, I kind of disagree with you just because it, it was more to do the value built up in Martinelli. But you mentioned the fact that on wildcard you were considering going without and then buying back Odegaard instead. Mm. But I completely get that now. But his, his long-term data, his underlying data, not just his goals, is... Not just his FPL points is good enough now to just go for him. Like even if review wasn't a thing, and you were just looking at the underlying data on expected goals and assists, he's right up there. So I think yeah, he's such a good pick. Like, and I think you could even like there there might come a time in the season where even like having triple attack and it being those three <laughs> suddenly becomes viable. It, it, who knows? It could easily like, be the case. They're, they're just cheap. so underpriced. Yeah, the whole yeah. team's underpriced, mate. Far too, not far just, too uh, price, yeah. Uh, far yeah. Too under- and Jesus coming has obviously been the icing on the cake, but he's not even there, and they're still mm. off of one game anyway, still performing. Um, the he was thing- probably the one. He was probably the one player who's priced about right, wasn't he? He was eight. Is he eight million or something? Well, I think even he was slightly too cheap. Was he nine yeah. in the end? I think it might be nine or eight point five. Or I can't even remember now, but it was still slightly too cheap. Yeah. Um, I would say on Odegaard as well. At the moment, reviews actually got his minutes at seventy-two, um, which I think is probably a little bit, a little bit too little as well i know he does occasionally come off to rest him up or whatever so maybe that's that's part of it um mm. the 72 is quite low i mean martinelli's at 85 for comparison so if i was to bump him up to closer to martinelli i think suddenly you'd see that um you know he's reaching the reaching quite close to his predicted points as well someone's put yeah. in the chat there about estupinan being very good very good he thinks that his minutes are better than what review suggests and yeah, if you ever think that, that's something that me and Sam advocate. You know, if you think you've got a you know a good reasoning behind why someone's minutes would increase, then by all means stick that into review. And I think review himself re- highly recommends that. If he starts jumping right at the top, I do think that nearly everyone would actually have a stupid and over Dunk if they believed he would play as many minutes as him. You know, Dunk has been a threat in the past, and that's probably weighs heavy on people. But I think mm. that threat is probably slightly exaggerated these days. And you know, basically playing as a left wing back or or a left-back or whatever formation he tries to go with. He is quite an offensive player. He's more likely to get you an assist and be involved in, the, in an attacking way. So I, I, would, I would pick him as well. So if you think that's the case, by all means. I still personally think that Matoma could play at left-wing back on the occasion, and that would be yeah. that would be a problem in a double. Um, There's I, also a lot of talk of them sign, trying to sign the left-back, I think. Yeah, well. so I can't shake that, but I could be totally wrong. You know, Matoma is probably better in a more advanced position, so maybe that's wrong and, and you get lucky there. So good luck with that if you go for it. 
lot of people saying Nick, loads of people doubted Arsenal before the season started. Um, I suppose they did, but it depends who you're listening to, I guess, because I think um, certainly amongst analytics crowd, nearly everyone had was Arsenal's fixtures were great. Three Arsenal from the very beginning, two or three at least. I think it was all over. I think nearly everyone had Azus, nearly everyone had Martinelli, and probably had Gabriel. That's the three I had, and I think most people around that had that. So I wouldn't say there's that much doubt around at least analytical circles anyway. I think they were very heavily favoured to do well. From an FPL point of view, yeah, because of their fixtures, and I think a lot of people thought they were underpriced. But yeah, but no, Nick's right. I I know Nick, actually. He's a massive Arsenal fan. (laughs) um, He's absolutely right, though, just in terms of, like, no one expects... I did not expect them to be top of the league at this point in the season at all. So even if you take into account they're being underpriced, like, they've been way... but Still been way better than we thought. Like, same with Newcastle, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. I mean, um, if you ask me who's going to be top at Christmas, my answer would be Man City every single time. Like, there'd be no yeah. debate, yeah. Mm. I still think it's, I still think City will win the league quite comfortably. You think? Just think that, yeah, I do, yeah. It's getting yeah. trickier every week, though, isn't it? It's getting trickier. It is, yeah, it is. But at this point, I still just don't think they'll still do, it, still do it comfortably, yeah. Okay, yeah. But it'll be interesting because obviously they'll have way more fixtures at the end of the season than Arsenal will. And, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's going to get. I think it's going to get interesting now. I don't think it's going to be as comfortable mm. as I thought. That's for sure. Especially when Champions mm. League starts kicking in. Um, yeah, I thought I thought they were going to win it, win it this season by like twelve to fifteen points. Now maybe I think like by six or seven points, mm. which you know still with a few weeks to go. Whereas now, yeah, it is. It's, it's great. It's great for the league, though, isn't it? It's really good. Definitely, it's exciting because it, yeah. it is boring if one team just dominates it over and over. <clears throat> yeah. um, let's move on to forward shall we so I mean the obvious issue we've already tackled we, we talked a lot about it when we shouldn't have with Martial and Mitrovic I think that's the main one Wilson he's another one I suppose what would you do if you've got Wilson I, I mean the obvious answer is wait for a press conference again isn't it but if we get the same wishy-washy crap we've already had that he might not feature you're going to have to look at that already in their um, in their photos from training today he was the only player like, not in them at all so oh, he wasn't training with the main squad yeah, I saw someone share that on Twitter. Um, I don't think, see any reason why they'd lie about that. But yeah, I saw someone say that, and that was about a couple of hours ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, you might as well wait for the press conference. But I think it's so unlucky for people who did go for him because he, well, some people might have got lucky. They might have had a good first sub. But I think in general, like that's just such an unlucky pick because there's just no, there's no way of predicting that. And also, he was really, really, he was a really good pick. Like I was really considering. Me, me and you both said we yeah. might get Wilson. Like we were, the, I had him in my team, like close to deadline, and yeah. I had him in my Sky team annoyingly, and I switched Mitrovic for him. But we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> it was it was well, it was potentially. I, I was always pretty set on Martial because of the fixtures, but it was maybe it was maybe Wilson instead of Darwin to then afford an upgrade elsewhere. Yeah, so it was like he was such a good pick. So I do feel for people who um, who picked him, and I think. It's just a really easy switch to Mitrovic, I think, if the press conferences indicate that he's still not going to start. It's just one to not overthink. Okay, so you'd get him in that scenario. You'd get Mitrovic, would you, in that scenario then? Even though you're worried about the yellow, you'd go to him rather than anyone else? I think in that situation I would, yeah, just because you, there's unless you've got a really good like sub-defender to come in that you're really happy with. But I think for most people that's unlikely. What about Havertz? He's got doubles. I thought that swayed you. <laughs> <laughs> he's only point three more. He's got doubles playing up front for Chelsea. Mm. Mitrovic might get banned, so he might have two less fixtures. Sam, I'm, yep. I'm talking your language, my friend. You'd pick Havertz. <laughs> You'd get spicy. <laughs> I don't know if I would pick Havertz. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can, you, not even you can get that spicy. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I think uh, in Ketia, if he didn't have three Arsenal, 
I think, no, I don't think I'd do it. No, you don't think you'd, t- you'd block your Arsenal position? You wouldn't do it. It's, it's because the yeah, I think having an Arsenal defender is really worth it, and um, it's because the it's because of the alternatives and having one Arsenal defender is really it's one of the best defenders to have at the moment in terms of their fixtures and the double, and then because of how good those other three are in midfield, I would I wouldn't go with Inkati. I don't think. Okay. But I think I, I think he's a good pick. I just don't think I think in comparison to the other players in the team, uh, I would. I think I think in that situation I would switch to Mitrovic, but it's the key, the, it's the thing again of like Martial against Wolves is absolutely fine. Whereas if the alternative is you have to then play Dunk off your bench, I think that's when I would go okay. to. I think um, TOSDIV Tostiv. <laughs> sorry if that's just totally wrong. Has hit the nail on the head there. He says you bench Wilson for one more week and you play Pereira, and if Mitrovic ends up being out or getting getting sent off or gets injured during the game or something we know that he also carries penalties right that's probably the play actually isn't it just to, just mm. to bench Wilson for one week because he has still he is still a great pick beyond that I think yeah I just wish we could do that for James but most people are playing three at the back aren't they well, and mm. it'd be lovely to just bring in Andreas wouldn't it but there's just not no. you know the, the cheap defenders we've all gone for are Patterson or Bueno or to Dunk who's playing Arsenal so yeah, it's not yeah I think yeah that's a good point actually with Andres has got, Andreas has got Southampton hasn't he yeah I know, or is he just? Yeah, he has Southampton. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably it's probably a good shout. But I get, I just think next week you'll probably end up wanting Mitrovic anyway. Okay. If I didn't have three Arsenal, I'd get Enketia. I think I think I'd do it. Mm. I think he's a fine pick. I think he's really high on review. Again, you know, he's only behind Haaland, Kane, and Darwin. Um, and being through, most people can't afford Kane, so he's in the top three strikers in the game to buy according to according to review. So that's enough for me to consider it, basically. I think that's what I do. Um, the fact I've got three Arsenal means I wouldn't, and, and then I've already mentioned it would just be Mitrovic. I'll just take it on the chin if he gets the other. I don't think I'd entertain anyone else. Havertz would slightly interest me, not just because he scored this week, but because he has got the doubles. But I just worry about his minutes, and I just think any, t- any time that could change, right? Especially under Potter. So I'm not sure it would be a double for Havertz, necessarily. And then that instantly starts to put me off because I'm doing what I said I shouldn't do, booking a transfer, because I would not want to keep Havertz long-term. So you do that and then you do Mitrovic in next week about Darwin for yeah, example you could do yeah again if you're happy to, yeah. to commit the transfers to it and you don't have issues like I do or you, you're, you know you're very confident there's no issues going to emerge then I'd imagine you know playing that way would make sense you get Havertz you then book your next transfer and that, that would be fine but yeah I think that's what I do Watkins is also mentioned on here fairly highly I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm happy with that one mm. I mean he's looked good under Emery overall but I'm not sure he quite fits the category of a player I would look to buy. No, he scored a really nice header, didn't he? But yeah, they don't have any potential doubles, do they, Villa? I don't think so. Certainly not. He's, him, but he, he's, he's just below Havertz, 0.4 of a point off over the next eight weeks. So he's in the top. But you say he's high, but the reality is one of your strikers is going to be Haaland, and that's just locked in already. And so there's only actually two positions, like two potential positions, isn't there? And well, I've I've got your review set up here for the next six weeks, just because that's when we know the last potential double is that mm. we know of, and Watkins is I think tenth on the list. Okay. So it's not that high, you know, when you think about all the other alternatives. No. You know, on mine and Buemo is too below him, <laughs> and I think anyone's going to go there. Uh, uh, he appears, yeah, just a little bit lower than Adams, Bamford. We start to scrape the Adams, barrel, don't we? Yeah. I think we already got. I would, we started talking I would about say him. I think he's he's on the barrel. He's on the barrel. He is, he is a barrel and Bueno, he's a fucking beast. Um, <laughs> right, we've done we've done forwards. We've done forwards now. What are we moving on to now? You did provide me with a list, I just ignored it. Um 
Uh, we, I think we've, we've been through it because we actually covered Man City at the beginning. The plan was to cover that towards the end. Okay. I didn't bring up we've a been single through... slide. What an idiot. No, I think it's, yeah. Uh, that's right. I, th I, think, I, think it's, I think it's absolutely fine. I think we're at the point now where most people know uh, what the double game weeks are and potential ones are in well, there. I've got it on the screen. I've brought it up. Just talk for a brief. We've mentioned the doubles. We've got Ben Krellin uh, via the use of, um, you, you talk about it. I'll pass over to you. You, you found this on Twitter, haven't you? And it's a, Another guy, another analytical guy, he uses his own model. Yeah, so this is a guy called uh, Mikel, who is, uh, yeah, a lot of people use his model actually to, it's a similar thing to review, I guess, an, an algorithm that helps you to, yeah, to make decisions. Yeah. And he's put this, this is this is based on Ben Krellen's predictions of when the fixtures will be, and the numbers just represent the amount of fixtures the team will have within that game week. So really, really simple. So if you can see a player like Man City game week 20, 1.72, they've obviously got a fixture and there's a 72% chance of another, of another fixture. So I think it's just really helpful to... It's, and it's really all, useful to visualise, isn't it? And just because they're, they're just ordered as well, obviously, by the highest number on the right yeah. in terms of the amount, the amount of fixtures they have within the next one, two, three, four, uh, nine game weeks uh, as well. Um, and I don't think we need to be necessarily thinking as far ahead as game week 26. But when you look at this, it's probably is worth bearing in mind because of what you said before, of bringing in players who are good long term, mm. um, especially in defensive uh, sports, that's why I like. It. And in this in this specific scenario, like it's, I suppose it is quite interesting with Liverpool as well, because actually it's quite a rare time where actually we don't all have triple Liverpool. Most people don't. So I wonder if there. I do that. This, just looking at this now just makes me think like, are there some people there who, out there who kept a load of money in the bank? They need to replace uh, James, and they can afford Trent or Robertson. Well, I think that's you liked that move before before this week. It had, really, yeah. it had James mm. down to Trent or Robertson at some point in the in the um, in the process, and I was just like, uh, you know, I, I saw why. Um, but this is looking at this. I mean, obviously, you're listening on the pod, you won't be able to. So maybe flick to the video because it's probably too hard to explain um, yeah. on the pod. <clears throat> but this is essentially very similar to the algorithm that we're going behind the points prediction for the players in terms of the fixtures on review, isn't it? So when we look at these players and they've got these. Occasion, you'll see, for example, um, if you go to review and you look at, uh, say, game week 22 where there isn't doubles, you'll suddenly have the likes of players who could have a double slightly enhanced in their points prediction. That's because it's not confirmed in or not, is there? And that's essentially the numbers behind in the background is something quite similar to this, where it's got percent chances in those particular game weeks or 23, yeah. 21. Um, it must be said since then, Man United would probably be buffed, wouldn't they, in that because he now thinks that Man United have a decent chance in 20. So if we look at Man United on this list, which have are quite low down uh, overall. Suddenly, if you bring, is it game week 20, isn't it? If you, if you suddenly stuck in, for yep. example, 1.72 in there, because he said about 70% chance of a game even mm. happening, you know, that suddenly brings them right up um, up the list as well. So that's probably a difference that you may have since. But it is a reminder, like you said, the Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City guys, I suppose, over that period are still pretty high on his list. So um, it's a useful yep. tool. I think it's pretty something that's, something, something that's just worth bearing in mind when you look at it is, for example, if you take Liverpool's line, um, it's just knowing the context of it. So, for example, they've got 1.55 games within uh, game week 21, then 1.45 within 26. Now, they're not going to have a double in both. It's the same fixture that needs to go into one of those weeks, and there's a 45% chance it goes there, 55% chance in 21. So don't accidentally think, oh, Liverpool might have two double game weeks within the next nine game weeks, because that's not true. Um, well, it could be true. Who knows? Anything can happen. But based on what's likely, with Ben having an incredible... A record and incredible mind for predicting these things. We know they've got one fixture to reorganise, and it's going to go in either of those. So that's just worth bearing in mind as well. Um, don't think, oh, there's there's an off chance that Liverpool might have two double game weeks. No. So that's worth bearing in mind. And then I would just 
it's just helpful to just see the teams in order, isn't it? And just see, like, straight away you can see that Arsenal are going to have the most fixtures. That's what I was going to come back to. In it's... the next game weeks. And then it's Chelsea, then Man City. We've all got triple... Well, we, we're, we've all got double, or most people have double, or it's, or have a way of getting to triple Man City, or assessing it at the moment. But then Chelsea are the ones in the middle where maybe we don't have players. So that's where... And particularly because Chelsea's, like, there's a good chance Chelsea will have one, two, three, six fixtures in the next four game weeks. That's really interesting. Like, I can see why... That makes me want Cucurella. Move <laughs> back sure. to Cucurella again, really. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's just really appealing to me that it's just a reminder again on Arsenal. Um, you know, they're right at the top of this list. Now, the next few fixtures aren't the best and they don't have the chance of doubles in the next three. So I think if you can get away with waiting and then obviously jump from 21, it's, it's very niche because if you don't, you, this assumes you don't have triple Arsenal already, which is probably the problem for most people. But I think from 21 onwards, you'd be you'd be silly not to go there, wouldn't you? And you could argue maybe even already. Um, so yeah, it's just a reminder how good this team seems to be. And despite the bad fixtures, it works. When it's a defender and you're bringing him in for the two or three on that list that are probably the difficult ones at the beginning, that's why there's even a conversation as to who to bring in, right? But it's just a reminder, I guess, again, when I talk about the long-term sides and how, how many transfers you want to book in defence, you've got to be comfortable with, with making those moves and, and, and rotating them. Whereas I, I think... Personally, I just maybe it's the sky part of me. Like I don't want to just go for the short-term gains on defenders that often. I just want to get a guy in there who's kind of glue and stays there. So that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think that's really helpful to look at. So just worth bearing in mind when you make those decisions. Um, yeah, I just again looking at this is like another just looking at those teams at the bottom as well. Like eight point seven fixtures over nine or eight point five four fixtures over nine game weeks is just. I just find that really hard to justify buying a player from one of those teams. This is the thing with like people considering getting Botman maybe as another defender, etc. I just find that, yeah, even if they're a good long-term option, I find it tricky to justify over a player you know is going to play twice within the next, or an extra two fixtures maybe within the next uh, nine game weeks. Um, but yeah, you've just it's like we've already said, you've just got to bear in mind whether you eventually, if that's a player you're definitely going to have to transfer out, that's worth bearing in mind as well, yeah. which is where. Sure, might might end up being that sweet spot, mightn't he? And as well, and as high as Botman is on review, and he was over the uh, over those uh, nine weeks that sorry eight weeks that I looked on um, Newcastle being downturn of fixtures, they've obviously got a 0.7 no chance of a blank in twenty five at the moment. So if you're suddenly got Botman and Trippier, and you get to that game week and they do have a blank, you might have a problem in your hands. It's probably far enough down the line where you can cope with it. And like I say, he's high enough on review where you'll probably have a load of points before you get to it. But it, it's just another thing to bear in mind, isn't it? That if the worst case scenario happens there. Suddenly, you could be two defenders down. So I think most most sensible people own Trippier, don't they? Most, yeah, not all of them. That meant. <laughs> That's the same most. <laughs> you have to be careful because a lot of the analytical crowd dropped him, so I probably rubbed a few people up the wrong way there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I I didn't. No, I sold him a while ago. I, know, I, I was know. ahead of the game. We all know your story on Trippier. Don't worry. You made a mistake long ago. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> just not rectified it. Yeah, just not yeah. rectified it. Right, I think we can wrap up there, can't we, Sam? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was uh, definitely more uh, off the cuff this week, but uh, the fast nature of the fixtures probably brings us around that way. Um, and, yeah, there was there were some talking points this week for definite, and teams were quite similar, so it's quite easy to focus on, on what we're going to talk about. Hopefully we can bring you back another one. I'm not sure what the schedule um, is like over the next week or so so i won't sit here and say we'll definitely be back we'll sort of, i haven't looked at the football but we will notify you when we're back on won't we and we'll um we'll be back again with all the top tier advice that we're dishing out left right and center yeah just quick question luke were you like are you just 100 in the captain harland 
Oh, we didn't even talk about that, did we? Yeah, yeah, because I think that there is like a genuine case for Salah, but I'm going to captain Holland. I think he starts and he's playing Everton. Yeah, um, I'll be captain Holland. Like, <laughs> unless I get any murmurs at all that maybe he's getting managed or whatever. I mean, I, what I was um, being cheeky on Twitter saying that, you know, because Foden was benched, maybe he'll come on for the last 20 like he did in the League Cup, or maybe he's being prepared to play false nine versus Everton because Haaland can have a day off, but I don't think it's going to happen. All the yeah, talk think... has been he wants to give him minutes, doesn't he, rather than anything else at the moment. And, and uh, Everton at home is a better fixture than Leicester at home. Uh, as well yeah Everton are horrendous so um, yeah Salah can outscore Haaland easily we all know that can happen at any point um, but yeah it'll be Haaland <laughs> I think if, if, if like Salah had Everton at home and like maybe Haaland was like a way to Leicester or something suddenly it'd be a bit more of a decision but the, the fact the fixture's the other way around no. the fact that Haaland's not played for well like a, well, they both not played for like a whole month have they and they're both and the fact we know they're both going to play and there's a good chance they both play close to 90 like I just think you've just got to go with Haaland yeah, yeah. based on what we've seen and the fact that Liverpool uh, again without players like Diaz and Jota and they're probably going to drop off slightly I think yeah but I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put people off Salah but I'll be going for Haaland yeah uh, it shouldn't be this way but at the end of the day it doesn't matter either does it if I put it on Haaland I don't have to care what he gets I literally don't have to care and it's a sad state mm. of affairs but it does take that stress away from you. We shouldn't play the game with those sort of thoughts and emotions. I think I don't think you should play mm. all the time for mitigation in that area. You know, I think yeah. you should take the EV games where you've got them. And if Salah was above Haaland, I would certainly consider it. But um, mm. last I looked, he's not above Haaland. Um, and I'd, so therefore, I see no reason to do it. How, having said that, I mean, if you were literally like 500,000 or, or te- sorry, that's not even that low. If you were, I was thinking about Sky then for a second. If you're like 3 million in the world or whatever, do you just still play for the, the points or do you, as in pick Haaland, or do you go, oh, do you know what, sod it. I'll just play the variance and hope that Salah outscores him. Is that, is that I, think at, I think at this point you just play for the most points. Yeah, unless you're, you're like, yeah, 3 million would be really low in FPL. But even then, like, yeah, maybe if I was that, maybe if I was three million. But if you're like five hundred k like me, I'm. I think I'm four hundred k now. Like, yeah, there's a long, really long way to go. Even if you're ranked one million, there's such a long way to go. Just, just pick the player you thinks and score more points. You always and say that. You always like, say on, that. On, <laughs> I know, it sounds simple, doesn't it? But <laughs> like, if you go with on based on review, Haaland's eight point three for this game week. Salah's seven point nine. So it's it's like fairly close. Mm. Um. So so if you are just convinced that Salah's gonna score more or if you'll enjoy watching Salah you know if you if you'll enjoy if you can watch a Liverpool game and that's what you want to do is just enjoy FPL and watch Salah as your captain or if you support Everton or something like that yeah but we're not here for that are we we're here to play yeah. the right way we we, we, yeah. we understand it but it's still not the right way so but if, if, if there's if, yeah if there's if there's, a, if there's a genuine reason why you think Salah will score more than absolutely captain him yeah I don't think it's going to happen for many, though, is it? We've probably just wasted 15 minutes, whatever that was, 10 minutes at the end of the pod talking about <laughs> nonsense for, for people not to listen. Just switch off when I started to do the wrap-up anyway, because that was all pointless. Uh, but yeah, good luck for any darers out there. It's so crazy to think de- like you're, you're daring to pick Salah at home to Leicester. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, having said that, I picked Salah, at home, I think he was at home, home to Leicester when everyone else sold him. Was it two seasons ago when he missed the penalty and got zero oh, for the first ever time? Nice. That was not glorious. That was not glorious. So maybe he owes me. Maybe he owes me. I went into the top 100 in the world that game week. I'll just blow that bit out. Right, okay. (laughs) 